Okay, okay, we're going to get to the podcast in just one minute. But imagine I gave you the opportunity to invest in Microsoft, in Apple, in Tesla at its infancy. And now you made all this profit and it would be unbelievable. You'd be so thankful and so grateful. I believe that that day is today for Torch. Because for the next 36 hours, every donation you contribute at givetorch.net is doubled by our generous matchers, and you can come in at the ground floor. Yes, last year, over 1 million people enjoyed our podcasts. You as well, I hope. And I believe we can get to 10 million this year, but we need your help. It's only one day a year that we ask. We need your contribution. We need your partnership. We love your partnership and your friendship. Please contribute at givetorch.net, givetorch.net. Every dollar is matched. I apologize for taking your time. Thank you so much in advance for your support. Enjoy this episode. Okay, we are about to begin a new topic. So to all of our new friends here, welcome. Uh, we hope you enjoy this journey. Uh, the new topic is gratitude, appreciation, and it is a very, very fundamental uh, trait because the key to all of Judaism is in this trait. The key to all Judaism is in this single trait of gratitude, appreciation. Let's talk about it for a second. Anybody know what our Hebrew name is as Jews? We have a name. Yehudim, right? We're called Yehudim. That's what we're called. We come from the tribe of Judah, right? We got the name Jew from Judah. Why? Why, would, why did Judah get that name? And why are we called Yehudim, as in Yehuda? Because the trait of a Jew is hoda'ah, which means to give thanks, to give show gratitude, appreciation. So in our name is built our essence of who we are. We are a people who have gratitude. And we will see many examples throughout the coming weeks about this. Now, the reason why I like talking about this at this time of year, we have Thanksgiving, soon we have Hanukkah or other, other holidays coming up. And it's a time of, of really stopping and appreciating what we have. Now, I, wa- I want to just go off my notes here and go off my pre-planned schedule and, and share with you an idea that in Judaism... We are obsessed. We are obsessed. We are absolutely obsessed with happiness. Right? Everyone in the world has the same desire. And that desire, everyone, every single human being on planet Earth has the same exact desire. And it's the desire for pleasure. Everyone desires pleasure. Happiness is the greatest pleasure. Right? Happiness is a pleasure. Now, we know there are some that their pleasure is to be sadistic, and for others it could be to be uh, masochists, and others it's to be whatever, whatever someone, that's their pleasure, that's where they derive their pleasure. We're all pleasure seekers. But our Torah teaches us that the greatest pleasure in the world is to be thankful. You know, our generation that we're living in has the most remarkable bounty. We don't. We haven't heard of famines in, in in a couple hundred years. A famine? Who has a famine? There's no such thing as a famine. There's plenty of produce. There's plenty. You go to the supermarket and you can buy anything in unbelievable quantities. Stock up your your uh, your bunker, right? And you have food for the next uh, hundred years, right? It's, it, it, you have. It's it's unbelievable the bounty that we have. There's actually a. Uh, there is actually an organization out of New York that's called She'erit, which means the remainder. She'erit ha'plet. Now, there's a word in Hebrew which is called She'erit ha'pleta, which means the remainder of those who are left uh, of, of humanity, right? But there's this concept of She'erit ha'plet, whatever's left over of your plate. And what they do is they go to wedding halls, and after their the, the simcha, they they have coordinated with all the caterers, they collect all the food and they give it out to poor families. Now it's an unbelievable, they're serving hundreds of thousands of people with all the leftovers, what's left over, right? 
of these weddings, the bar mitzvahs, or whatever, whatever uh, celebrations there are. And we, ha- we have to understand that we're living in a s- the same exact generation that has all this bounty, also has the most remarkable levels of depression, people who are suffering from anxiety, people who, are, who, are, who have stress, and have all of these other challenges where they're not happy. And they go together. Our sages tell us this. They go together. We think the more we have, the happier we'll be. Wrong. The more you're thankful for, the happier you'll be. It does not go by how much you have. It goes by how much you're thankful for. We see this in the Mishnah. In Perkevot, it says, you know who's wealthy? He is happy with his share. That's the real wealth. The wealth does not have to do with quantity. It does not have to do with how much money you have. It has everything to do with how thankful you are. A person who's grateful, a person who's, who's thankful for everything they have, is the happy person, is the wealthy person, is the person who's going to live a fulfilled life. You know the first word a Jew is supposed to utter every morning? Mode means thank you. I give thanks to you, Almighty God, for the soul that you bestowed within me. And we thank for every single gift that God gives us. You know, you ever appreciate the fact that you can just stand up? It's, wow, it's amazing how our bodies are, are, are created in such a way. You know, all, all creatures are usually in their same position when they're rather when they're sleeping like a horse. A horse stands and that's the way it sleeps. Right? It stands it sleeps standing. Um, most animals, right, are horizontal. And that's the way they remain. They have legs that support that horizontal body. But they they are horizontal. We are vertical. Right? We go to sleep horizontally, hopefully, right? <laughs> but we get up and we, we stand up, and we're, we're standing upright. We thank Hashem that we can do that. We thank Hashem that the water, you know, I get fascinated um, by water, uh, particularly from the ocean when you have the waves coming in when you're by a, be- a beach, um, and you see it's like the water is so much more powerful than anything you can imagine. And so you look at it, it's like this is so powerful. Right? The water is awesome. And yet it doesn't take over the land. There's so much more water in this world than there is earth. And it doesn't just swallow up the earth. It could, it could just wipe us out. But God made a promise that it won't. So we say a th- special thank you for that. Every day, everyone here has a, we mentioned this earlier, everyone here has a U.S. passport, right? Do you know what people are ready to do to have that? To have that luxury of being a U.S. citizen? So I'll tell you, I'm not going to share the identity of this individual, but he's actually, I'll, I'll, I'll tell it to you, I'll tell it to you in, a, in, a, in a more um, proper way. So there's an individual I met with. He says, he calls me up one day. He says, Rabbi, we really need to talk. I said, okay, what's going on? He says, we, well, let's, let's get together. We'll meet at Starbucks and we'll talk. I meet with him at Starbucks and um, he is... He's sitting there with his $7 latte. He has his paid-off uh, Toyota, um, what's that, that, uh, that hybrid car? The Prius. He has his paid-off Toyota Prius. He has, an, he has a house that he owns. He's 29 years old. And he's complaining that life is miserable. Right? He's complaining. That's what he, was, he was spending a half hour, 45 minutes telling me how life is so miserable. And I said to him, and, oh, and he's sitting with a $1,000 tablet, right? A Apple, you know, iPad. I'm, I'm, I said to him, I said, do you realize what's going on over here? Here you are sitting here sipping on your $7 latte with your $1,000 iPad with your paid-off car three blocks away from your paid-off house. You're 29 years old and you're complaining. What are you complaining about? So I told him, I said, I think I know what your problem is. I think the problem is is that you're not thankful for any of it. So you take it for granted. 
So instead of feeling what a pleasure, what a joy, what a, a privilege it is for me to have a home that I can live in covered with a roof without any leaks, and I have a car that's paid off, and I have the ability to financially buy myself a $7 latte and to have this laptop. That I said, you're not thankful for anything. So of course you're going to be miserable. I said, here's the project. I said, I want you, and he was complaining particularly that no girls wanted to go out with him. I said, of course, because you're a miserable guy, right? <laughs> of course nobody wants, they, want, they don't want a, a depressed guy, they want a happy guy, right? So I said, Let's gonna, we're going to change that together. I said, I want you to open up your nifty iPad over there. <coughs> Excuse me. I want you to open up a notepad. And I want you to start writing 10 things that you're grateful for. 10 things. He says, where do I start? I said, are you happy that you have ear, oxygen to breathe? Are you thankful for this coffee? Are you thankful to have a car, a house, basic things, family, a father, a mother, a sister, Right? Are you thankful for all of that? So he said, oh, wow, I never thought of that. So I told him his job was that within three, four days, he has to have 40 to 50 things that he's grateful for. Okay, he's going to call me up when he's done. He calls me up a few days later. He says, okay, I finally got to a list of 50 things I'm grateful for. I said, great. I said, now step two. I want you to stand every morning in front of your mirror and say the things you're thankful for. And I want you to just read it to yourself. I'm grateful that I have eyes that I can see. I'm grateful that I have a mouth that I can eat. I have teeth that I can chew. All right, I, all the things that you, you're grateful that you can hear music. What are you grateful for? A few months after that, he was at a torch program and he met this lovely girl. And less than a year later, I officiated their wedding. And at one second, there's a good part to the story. This morning, after this class, I'm going to officiate his son's breasts. Right? And he always, every time I see him, he tells me, every time he sees me, he tells me, that list. He says, I still have that list of the things I'm grateful for. And that's what turned around my life. Right? We, we, we have an ability to take everything that we have, we can be served a 12-course meal and be depressed. Or we can be served a 12-course meal and be the happiest people on earth. Look at what I have. You know the blessing that we have after we say, after we eat. So we have blessings before we eat and we have blessings after we eat. It's funny, I was once, um, I was once in a, in a lecture of a rabbi, actually, I'm, and his son now lives in Houston, so it was just it's funny. But he he was telling me he gives a uh, he gives a a lunch and learn in a, an office downtown in Manhattan, and um, he'd go into the office and uh, he'd bring his own lunch, and the the all the other participants in the class would uh, uh, all the other students would. Um, come they'd bring their own lunch or someone would bring it from one of the local restaurants that have it delivered he always brought his own lunch so one day the meeting in the boardroom was running long so he figured you know what why should i waste time i'll already start eating now that way as soon as we get in i can just start teaching while they're eating right so he sits there he goes he washes his hands for the bread that he's about to eat and the lady the secretary at the front desk she says you know we also make a blessing before we eat I choose an Indian woman, right, from India. And she says, we also make a blessing before we eat. So we're the same. See, so he said, but do you say a blessing after you eat? Right, most people, okay, it's like, you know, children, if they want a lollipop, so what do they do? They say, Daddy, can I have a lollipop? Mommy, can I have a lollipop? Please, 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 please. Right, then they say, please. And once you give them a the lollipop, what do they do? They run, right? There's no thank you. You know why? We'll, we'll talk about this. We'll get into this. Because the thank you is a debt. And children don't like that discomfort of that debt, which is why they run away from it. Right? Being appreciative, being thankful for something that someone did for you um, puts you sort of in debt. You're indebted to them. And children don't like that discomfort of feeling that way. So we try to teach our children to say thank you nicely, right? And then, right, but the idea is that we many times can be very, very appreciative before we get it, but after we get it, are we also willing to say thank you? Right? So many people in many religions, there's no blessing after, 
we do have a blessing after. We have a blessing after we eat. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. So we have this ability to, to be grateful for every single thing that we have. And the more we are grateful for everything we have, the happier people will be. We'll become, it transform our lives to be the happiest people alive. Where every day we live with an energy, with a, with a joy to not stop being appreciative. Right? You know, I'll tell you, it's an amazing thing. Anyone here walk to synagogue this morning? Did anybody walk? No, we all came in cars. Beautiful. That's a luxury, right? Did anybody here have a car that has no air conditioning? No. You see, we have great luxury. It's unbelievable. Did anyone here have an experience where they get into their car in the morning and they turn the key and they go tick, 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 tick? Anyone have that? And you like, and you pound your hand on that steering wheel, and you're like, not today, right? I'm running to a meeting. I can't anything but this, right? So, you, okay, now you have to call AAA, you call Geico, you call whoever it is, and they come, and they, and they, they have to replace your battery, and you have to go to AutoZone. It, it, it takes two hours off your day, and you have to call your meetings and tell them, sorry, we have to postpone, and right? Now, what happens when you put that key in the car, and vroom, it goes right on? Like, ah, oh, it's the sound of, of joy, of, of like just sweetness. It's like, why don't we have that every time? Every time we put that key into the ignition and it just starts up, shouldn't we have that same elated joy of like, wow, it, we take it for granted. And what's that? Right, but the truth is, is that we have such an incredible luxury here in front of us that we could live every day as joyful, happy, thankful people just by taking a second to stop. Now, I'll tell you, I said that Jew Jewish people are obsessed with happiness, right? I'll tell you how I know that. Because we have another obsession, and the obsession is blessings. We have a blessing for everything you can possibly imagine. You see, a, you see the ocean, there's a blessing. You see a beautiful rainbow, there's a blessing. You hear the mighty thunder, you hear the you see the lightning, there's a blessing for each of them. You see you smell a, a great scent from a tree, from a fruit, from whatever it is, there's a blessing for it. You have you 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 have six different blessings for food, six different blessings. Right? For bread, for wine, for cakes and pastries, for fruits from a tree, from fruits from the ground, vegetables. And all the others, which is like eggs and meat and chicken and candies and all those other. Six different blessings, six different categories of food. You know why? Why can we just say one? Just one blessing. Thank you, God. I appreciate it. Thumbs up. Good to go. Because the more you're able to detail your appreciation, the more happy you'll be. We understand, again, this is our obsession. Our obsession in Judaism is happiness. And to become a connoisseur of happiness, you have to detail what it is that you're thankful for. I'll give you an example. Anyone here prepare a Thanksgiving dinner? Right? Anybody here? Thank you? Right. So you prepared, I'm sure, more than just turkey. Right? A lot more than just turkey. Now imagine you invited me to your house. Thank you so much for the invitation. And... Uh, <laughs> so so you invited me to your house and I come in I'm like oh great there's food great I'm going to enjoy this food I eat the food I go out and I'm like thanks for everything I'm out right H how does that make you feel like wh wh thanks for everything hello I I went out and shopped this on Monday or Sunday to and I was thinking of the menu and I had to buy all the ingredients and I had to, I was standing on my feet for two days preparing this food taking care of everything thanks for everything how about thank you for the stuffing and thank you for the turkey and thank you for the first course and second course and third course and and everything and the entertainment and everything was set up so beautifully no it's like thanks for everything right 
I could have felt such a deep love for everything that you did if I just would have stopped and said that thank you. Right? You, you understand? That means it's very easy to take for granted all of the small details. In Judaism, we say, no, no, no. We're not going to take for granted anything. Because every single one of those chips is part of our happiness. So imagine this. You walk in, and I, I've, I, I, I told my children, I don't want to ever, ever, ever hear you say this. Okay? You know the statement? I have nothing to wear. Right? Anyone's ever heard that? All right? I have nothing to wear. You, you, ex- I'm like, come, come here. I tell my daughter, come here. Let me see your closet. Let me see. Let me hear that there's nothing for you to wear. Oh, you only have 25 pairs of shoes? I'm so sorry. Right? And my children know that they have nothing on me because I only wear one pair of shoes. Right? I wear it till it's done, and then I get another pair of shoes until it's done. And you know, so they can never say that, oh, well, you have uh, six pairs of shoes. No, I don't. I got one running shoes and one dress shoes, and that's it. And I, I do have a Shabbos up here for Shabbos, but that, that's it. Okay? So I don't want to hear that you don't have any clothes. You don't know what to wear. You're not, you know what? Let me take half of your clothes away, and then let's see that you say you have nothing to wear. Right? This generation of like, you know, there's a woman I know in Passaic, New Jersey. She has a business. It's called Shopping in Your Closet. And what she does is she goes shopping with you in your own closet because many people buy clothes and buy more clothes and buy more clothes they have no idea what they even have in their thing they, they don't know what can match with what you know it's like they, they she'll go into your closet and shop with you for your clothes oh this is a great dress you can wear this with this shirt and it's like putting together different things like oh, i never knew i can do that it's a whole business it's an unbelievable business but it's an embarrassing business that we have to that we're so ingrateful that we're, we're always thinking, you know what, I'm going to go buy something. Else. And it's become, we're a consumer, um, a, 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 a consumer uh, consuming culture where we just want to buy and buy and buy and not be thankful. And it's a terrible thing. If we just stopped, I did this for a whole year. I'd go into a store wanting to buy something and then I'd leave without buying it and find something that I already have that, you know what, this is good enough. This is perfect. Thank you. Right? For a whole year, I, d- I wouldn't buy anything. I'd go in as if I want to buy. I really want to. But then turn that switch and say, you know what, I'm not going to. I have everything I need. I have everything I need. Right? It's very interesting that we see a difference between Jacob. We'll see it in this week's Torah portion. Jacob and his brother Esau, right? Very unbelievable, incredible difference. You see, what happens is, is that they meet up. Esau, when they left each other, Jacob had just gotten Esau's blessing, right? Now Esau is meeting up with him with his 400 soldiers, and he's Jacob's very afraid. And finally, they meet. They have this unbelievable reunion. And Esau says, "V'chiyeshli rav." I have a lot. Jacob responds, "V'chiyeshli kol." I have it all. What's the difference between them? When I say I have a lot, it's a lot, but it's not everything. I want more. When I say I have everything. Do I need anything else? Nothing. What Jacob said, and it's interesting, because in our grace after meals, after we eat bread, we have a special blessing that we say. We say over there, Bakol, Mikol, Kol. Abraham, it says by Abraham that he was blessed with Bakol, with everything. Everything. Isaac, it says the same terminology. He was blessed with everything. And Jacob, it also says that he had Chieshli Kol, I have everything. All three of our patriarchs in the Torah, it says they had it all. Not because they had it all. Because they appreciated it all. So to them, this was all. This was everything. That's very interesting. Because this is a very fundamental trait 
if we want to understand, for example, the trait of jealousy, or we want to understand any other, what is jealousy? Jealousy is when I want what someone else has. Right? So when I come to your house and I see you have a beautiful couch, I'm like, oh, where did you get that? Right? Which is, by the way, a biblical prohibition. You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to desire what someone else has. You know why? You're not allowed to covet. But you know why you're not allowed to? It's very simple. Because if we believe that God gives us everything we need, and now we start desiring something we don't, then we're saying, God doesn't know what I need. I know what I need. God doesn't know what my true needs are, but I do. And I desire what you have. God said I shouldn't have it for whatever reason. Right Now, in desiring that, now, if a person appreciates what they have, then it, it opens up a whole new world. A whole new world. Imagine if we stop when we walked into our house and we say to our significant other, we say, you know what? I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for being you. Thank you for putting up with me. Thank you for doing my laundry. Thank you for, for preparing dinner. Thank you for, for washing the dishes. Oh, but we have a maid. Well, someone's got to, you know, do everything else. Well, how about thanking the maid? Well, we pay her. It doesn't make a difference. Just because you pay the maid doesn't mean you don't have to be grateful. I will tell you, though, I, I do use wear it as a badge of honor, but we have our, our uh, housekeeper uh, now for almost 14 years. And for 14 years, I've been making her coffee every morning. And I, d I do it. I ask her every morning, Dora, would you like some coffee? And she says, uh, yes. Um, and I make her her coffee. I know exactly how she likes her coffee. And that's sort of my way, because after that, I'm out. I'm I'm out for the day, so I really don't see her much. But that's my way of showing her thank you, that I appreciate that you're here, and I serve her coffee every morning, because that's that's my thank you. And I tell her thank you. I thank you. Like when I if I stop by sometime during the day and I see her, I say you know just thank you so much, and she is I, I'm deeply grateful. And it's not only to her, of course, it's to my wife, it's to my children, and that appreciation leads to love. So. As a, a basic understanding of the trait of appreciation and gratitude, gratitude is a trait that draws people closer. The more gratitude you have, the closer you'll be with that with the person you're 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 being you're appreciating. Being a central component in long-lasting, meaningful relationships, and is a key to happiness. All right. Was it necessary? Well, it was an appeasement. Right. He was an appeasement because he knew his brother was, was mad. Now, it was justified. It was justified for Jacob to have the blessing. So we'll get into it. Actually, we have a, a, we have a Parsha class every uh, Thursday morning at the Torch Center. And you're welcome to join us there. We discuss these, these questions. I actually have a Jacob hater in my class. Right, is one of the individuals. He does not like Jacob, and every every year we get into a big fight about it. It's great. It's a very uh, vibrant discussion, and it's a very, I think, a very meaningful class to me. It's one of my favorite. Aside for this class, of course, it's one of my favorite. What's that? I'm sorry. Well, we'll discuss it Thursday morning. <laughs> Fortunately, you work. Fortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, you can't be at the class, right? But. Uh, so, um, yeah, so we have, we have a lot to be thankful for, particularly in our generation. Particularly in our generation, we have, it's an unbelievable bounty that we have. I, I'll tell you, I spent time in the former Soviet Union, uh, 1996 through 2000. I was there many times. I was in Ukraine, not with Hunter Biden, but I was there. Um, um, and... You have no idea what poverty is. I mean, we as Americans have no clue in the world what poverty is. When you walk into a supermarket and there's only four things on a shelf, it's like, like, how do people live here? Right? Four things on a shelf. That's it. That's it there is in the entire store. The store is empty, empty shelves. There's nothing to buy. You can always buy a newspaper, but you can't buy bread every day. Well, there isn't any bread today. 
it's 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 you, you think in 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 the 21st century we should be right yeah it's 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 a, it's a very very challenging uh, world now i don't think it's because god doesn't provide enough it's i think it's because there are too many evil uh uh empires and too many evil dictators who are holding things for themselves building more and more mansions for themselves by marrying more and more women for themselves instead of giving it to their constituents but that's that's a whole nother story but there's so much that we have to be thankful for we walk into a store i'll, t- I'll just tell you very quickly you walk into a supermarket do you want to know what love is what is love what is the definition of love right <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. No, but but love is when you do something you don't need to do, right? So I'll give you an example. Why do particularly women feel a tremendous sense of love when their husband or significant other buys them a bouquet of flowers? Now, men don't work the same way. Most men I know, if you brought them flowers, they'd be like, "It's gonna be dead by Tuesday." Why, <laughs> right? <laughs> why would you do that, right? But women don't think that way. Women are sp- more spiritual. They're holier. So that's why they, they connect with it in a different way. And the reason is because if you bought milk for me, well, you need milk. We need milk, right? That's a necessity. But flowers is not a necessity. Flowers is just there to express love. It's, its only purpose is to express love. It's going to be dead by Tuesday. Right. And the reason I bought it is just to tell you I love you. It's the only reason. It's an expression of my love. So when God gives us things that there is no purpose, why does he give it to us? There's no need. Now, obviously, there's a purpose. The purpose is for him to say I love you. So let me give you an example. Is there any fruit in the world that looks, smells, or tastes alike? Is there any fruit in the world? No. Everyone is unique. A lime and a lemon and a, and a tangerine and an orange and a, you know, you think of every single fruit and vegetable in the world. Every single one is unique flavor, a unique taste, a unique scent, and a unique texture. And unique color. Now, couldn't God be easier? Just have them all white, square. Okay, and that's it. So orange, these are oranges, they're white, okay, and they're square. And these are the apples, they're also white, and they're also square. And these are bananas, they're also white and square, right? Would that, right? But God, no, no, no. You know what we say in our blessing and our thanks to God after we eat? We say, God gives it to us with such grace and such beauty. You walk into a grocery store. You know what you see when you see all of those colors, the magnificent colors of the fruits and vegetables? That's one big I love you sign from God. That's one big I love you hug from God where he's telling you, I love you. I didn't need to make this so pretty. I didn't need to make this so beautiful. But I made it for you because I love you. And you look, take a look at one fruit. And look at its perfection. You know what's amazing? You know what I tried to do the other day? So I had an old iPod. Anyone remember those iPods with the round dial? Right? You remember those? What? I, has, I have two of them. And I tried to put it in the ground, right, so that it can grow more iPods, right? And it didn't work. It didn't, it didn't work, right? But I took the seed of an apple, and you put it in the ground, and you have an apple tree. Isn't that amazing? that built into the apple is all of its future generations, the future apple trees, the future apples, and their future descendants, and their future trees, and they're all built in. It's unbelievable. And you see the beauty of an apple. You can look at it. It, it, It's unbelievable. Stop for a sunrise, for a sunset. I tell my children, when we walk to shul on Friday night, so it's, it's, it's about sunset. You start seeing the beautiful, beautiful sunset. It's incredible. You know what I tell them? I say, stop. Hashem is telling you I love you. That's, it, that's what it, who did he make it for? He made it for us to stop and enjoy. My grandfather would always say, you know what the saddest thing is when you see a beautiful view, 
you see a, a beautiful scenic uh, view, people stop. They pull out their camera. Okay, let's go. Stop and take it in. Feel that love. Feel that, that connection with the Almighty. But no, we're in a generation where it's like, oh, I'll look at it later. I'll look at it later. I'll see it in my Apple uh, album or my Google photos, and I'll just look through it. And it's like, oh, it was nice. Yeah, I remember. Next. Next. Right? And we're stopping to really. So think of the generation we have. Instead of having a life that's filled and rich with experiences, instead everything is just passing and fleeting. And that is what God is telling us through all of the, we say, that obsession that we have with blessings is truly the obsession with happiness. We don't want to have one pleasure pass us by without saying thank you. Because the day that happens is the day we need Xanax. It's the day we need our medications because we're depressed and we feel like we don't have anything to shop in our closet. It's the day that we, we have nothing to wear. It, it, it's the day that, that, that you know life is so difficult and life is so tough. Instead of being like, wow, look at the awesomeness of the world we were gifted with. And that's in our name. Yehudim. A Yehudi, a Jew, is because Leah, his mother, she got more than her share. Jacob was to have 12 tribes, and his four wives each was supposed to have three of the tribes. Leah's fourth child was Judah. That's She got more than her share. She says, This time, I got way more than my share. The first three were miracles. They're a gift. But this fourth one is totally way beyond. So she named him Judah to thank and that's, it's an unbelievable gift that the Jewish people have. We are called Jews because it's to remind us constantly, be grateful, be thankful. Feel that connection with the Almighty through thanks. And that's why I believe that Thanksgiving is probably the most uh, valuable of the modern holidays that we have. It truly is to, uh, to have a day where we stop and say thank you. Now, a Jew has that every day. That's the way we start our day. Every day is Thanksgiving. Every day, bring out that turkey. We're coming over for lunch, by the way. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. But the, 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 the real uh, connection to God comes when we're thankful and we recognize that every single thing he gives us we're grateful for. Now think, if, if you put together a list, take out a piece of paper when you get home, take out a sheet of paper, and write. I'm sure we can come up with hundreds of things that we're grateful for. The little small things. The little small things. Do you know that there will never be another you ever in the history of the world? There never was and never will be another you. There's no one who has your DNA or your fingerprint. No one. You're the only you there will ever be. Isn't that special, Jay? That's so special. Imagine, you're the only, it's like, how many editions of that do they have? Well, only one. As we think that it's like, you know, you buy an iPhone, it's just the same as the other one, and just the same as the other one, and just the same as the other one. But your fingerprint is unique to you, and there's no one else on planet Earth who will ever have that same fingerprint. You have your two parents. You have whatever siblings you have. You have your community that you grew up with. Even if you have a twin sibling, you're unique and you're different. And anyone who knows twins, they don't like the same colors. They don't like the same music. They don't like the same anything. There's nothing that they like that are the same. They're so uniquely different. And those are from the same womb, usually. They're from the same, or same birth, same time, same... Uh, same uh, uh, spiritual uh, um, zodiac sign. They were born at the same time. It doesn't make a difference. Actually, it reminds you of this week's Torah portion when Jacob and Esau were born. Our sages say that they were specifically born at the same exact moment. Even though Esau was born first, but it was one after the other. 
because they had the same exact mazel, the same exact um, uh, spiritual uh, capabilities. The constellations are all lined up at a certain time, right? Every minute it's different. They were born at the same at with the same mazel to tell us that if that we it's all in our hands how we choose to live live our lives, right? It's just an interesting idea that they both had the same abilities. Actually, Esau had greater abilities than Jacob did. You know that's why it says that Isaac loved loved Esau because of his potential. It's just a side note. So what was the purpose and expectation from Adam and Eve in the Garden of, of, of in the Garden of Eden? What, 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 was, what was the expectation of them? Before they ate the, the apple. There was one uh, just don't eat from the tree. So it's very interesting. If you ask people what was the first command that God gave Adam most people say not to eat from the tree. Wrong. The first command was eat from everything. Enjoy from everything. Except that. That was the second command. The second command was don't eat that. But everything else, and it's an amazing, an amazing perspective. Many people think that Judaism is about prohibition. It's, it's wrong. Judaism is about enjoy everything. There are some limitations. Why? And we can get into why. But it's about pleasure, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. What's the greatest way to enjoy? And this is where Adam and Eve failed. And this is why they were kicked out. Gratitude. All they needed to do was be grateful for what they had. Which was a lot. But that's it. One thing, gratitude. And they didn't have that gratitude. God says, you know what? Now you're going to have to earn your own living. And now you'll be grateful. It's like your child, right, is, is dependent on you. It's sometimes they get, they, they get, during college, they're like, they're just, you know, you say, you know what? Now you're on your own. Get a job. It's like, oh, man, I miss my mother doing my laundry for me. I miss my mother, uh, uh, you know, paying, paying for everything for me. My parents you know, just covering my, my, my insurance for my car and paying for my gas and paying for my food. And so I, I got to earn it myself. Wow. That's a great phone call to make to your parents. I remember when I, when I was weaned off my parents, I remember that first time and I was like, you know what? Thank you for so many years. And you don't realize it till you're on your own. And that's what God was doing to Adam and Eve. He was saying, guys, you don't appreciate what you have. Get out. They're like... Oh my goodness, I never had to worry about livelihood till now. I never had to worry about getting a job because everything was just there for me. And that was, that was the punishment to Adam. We have to go work. Anybody here have to work? Anybody love their job? Guess what? It's a bad thing that we even have to work. Right? That's a punishment that we even have to work because we had that once for free. But God says you're going to have to go from the sweat of your brow you're going to have to go and you're going to have to earn your living so that you be grateful for everything I do give you. Right? And most people who are honest recognize that even their livelihood is a total gift. Right? I, asked, I, I ask people all the time, I say, tell me, how does your business operate? Like, how do you get your clients? Where do they come from? He says, I have no idea. I said, do you know what orders are coming in tomorrow? No clue. No clue. I'll come in in the morning and the phone will start ringing. How? How do people find out? Well, you can do your Google ads and you can do this and you can do that. But ha at the end of the day, what calls, what gets them to call you? Of all the other people in the yellow pages, okay, no, I'm not, nobody's going to yellow pages anymore. But all the people on Google, all the people they search, you know, to be the electrician for them, and boom, your number is the one they call. Why? Why are they calling you? Because God is sending them your way. Now, we can either say, you know what, I'm just a genius. <laughs> Look at me, I'm so brilliant. Or we can say, you know what, thank you, Hashem. I realized they had 35 other options on the first page that they could have called, and they picked me. Right? So there's, there's, a whole, there's a whole world of gratitude we can get into, and we will, God willing. So what they were really punished for is, of course, we know that they ate from the tree. But what did that action represent? It represents a lack of their appreciation. We know that every person is brought to this world with talents and skills and abilities and potential. Each person has their own personal challenges 
that will help bring out the, their best. Every single one of us has skills, abilities, talents. Some are great writers, some are great singers, some are great, have great business acumen. Some people are, you know, have uh, wonderful, amazing gifts and talents that we have. You know why God gives it to us? To help each and every one of us deal with our challenges that we're going to face throughout our lifetime. God gives us the tools built in. He gives the plumber the tools the plumber needs, and he gives the dentist the tool the dentist needs. And if the dentist tries to use the, the dentistry tools in plumbing, it's not going to work, <laughs> right? And if the right, and if the plumber tries to use his tools for dentistry, it's not either going to work. You got to use right. Every person is given exactly the tools, the family structure, the background they need to cope with their situations that are unique to them. And don't let anyone tell you, I, I, I've been through the same thing. No, you haven't, right? You can say, I feel your pain. I understand how difficult this may be, right? But to say, I've gone through the same experience, no, you haven't. You don't have my background, my baggage, right? You don't know my family, how, how right? And, and from the outside, it seems if we put everyone at the same marker, everyone's at 100, and now we're dealing with a challenge, so then it could be, yeah, but it could be that they're a 92, or they're an 85, or a 60, 61, whatever it is, right? Everyone could be at a different stage by the background they've been, they've been gifted with, and everyone has their challenge they need to deal with, right? We mentioned this earlier in our, in our introductory classes on Musar, that every single human being has a challenge. There's no one who gets off scot-free. If you, if you ever meet someone who just got no challenges, I want to meet him. I, I'd love to meet him. There's no such thing. Everyone's got challenges. And everyone has the tools that are custom-made for them so that they can deal with them. Right? So, each person has their own personal challenge that will help bring out their best. Those challenges, right, someone loses a job. It's like it's devastating. Their their whole world shatters, right? And then only to get a better job elsewhere. And they would never have looked for that opportunity had they still been at their old job. You know, a door closes, another door opens. And Adam and mankind's challenge was appreciation. That was the challenge. If you want to know what all of Judaism is about, is appreciation and gratitude. That's what it's all about. Now again, that's why we have the name Yehudim, is to be grateful, to remind us every single day. The first thing we say is Modeh, I'm grateful. Modeh, thank you. Not to, not to, to fall away from just living a, 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 a life of habit, a life of, of just routine, um, mundane activities without having that inspiration. He had nothing missing in the Garden of Eden. Plentiful food, closeness to God, everything. All Hashem wanted from him was appreciation. In lieu of that, the sages teach Hashem removed Adam and Eve from the garden because the only way they will learn appreciation is when they will see how hard it is for them to produce their own bread. You know how many steps it takes to make bread? It's an 11-step process. All the way from the plowing to the planting to the harvesting to the to the uh, to the uh, to the uh, to the uh, how do they go? They they get they they break the they they throw it in the air. The chaff falls away from the um, the winnowing and the grinding. All the entire process, all the way. Today we just go into the store and we buy flour. But how did it become flour? Right? There's a whole process that gets it to become flour. And then once you have flour, right? You have to you have to mix it with water, right? And then you knead it, and then you let it rise, and then you have to bake it. All of that process, it's 11 steps. That's why it's the first, it's the, it's the most uh, important blessing of all the foods because it has the, long, it has the, biggest, uh, the biggest preparation time. So we, we, we thank the whole process, right? You know, a fruit, we have no really not much work. We just cut it from the tree and eat it. So that's a, a lower blessing. Right, but it it goes, but yes. Right, because it it, it is, there's no, 
the natural state, uh, the cow doesn't need you to have children. And the cow doesn't need you to produce milk. Right? Your, your involvement in its production is minimal. Most of it is through what we call the hand of the Almighty. Right? That's the way God created the cow. The cow produces milk. Okay? Now, y- there is an aspect of it that you need to get involved with. Right? Eggs. Right? You go to the supermarket and you buy your, your tray of eggs. What, what did you, we do for it? We collect them and put them in a, in a nice little container, a carton, and, and it's off to, uh, to, to Belden's, and that's it. And you just buy it ready to go. Right? We, we don't really have a, 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 a serious involvement, but yet we don't want to live in a world where we're ingrateful. We don't want to live in a world where we're taking things for granted because that is the world of misery. Right? That's not a world of fulfillment and, and happiness. Our task is to master appreciation. We, that, that's our, if you want to know life's goal as a Jew is to appreciate every single thing that we have. And the more we appreciate, the happier we'll be, the more fulfilled our life will be, the more uh, energized we'll be every day. We'll be dancing on the rooftops and people are like, oh, it's cra- they're crazy. What happened to them? No, I'm just being thankful. I'm grateful for everything that we have. We start our day with the words We thank you bef- uh, uh, for being a trustworthy keeper of, our, keeper of our soul while we sleep and that you return it to us when we, uh, when we arise. It's a very interesting thing. I remember my rabbi when I was in first grade. He said that God takes your neshama, your soul, every night when you go to sleep. He takes your neshama and he cleans it off. If it got dirty during the day, cleans it off. And it's a very interesting thing, and, ma- and, it's ama- and he gives it back to us in the morning. Anybody here ever go to sleep at night with a worry, a little concern, a little fear? You wake up in the morning, you're like, what, what was I worried about? What was it right? right? Well, I have no idea. It's just like a new, wha- how does that happen that it's just clear? Well, that's at night. God takes our soul. He brushes it off, cleans it off. He says, here, my pure soul. And by the way, our sages tell us, you know what that soul is? That soul is part of God, so to speak. It says that Adam, God blew into his nostrils a living soul. What is that living soul? Those are God's traits. Those are God, it's a part of God, so to speak. God doesn't have pieces. You can't chop a piece of God and put it into the right. But it's the, the idea, the concept that we have godliness within us. Every single human being has godliness within us. That we can nurture, become godly. Or we can become, you know, we can just take it to become animals and murderers and, and, and do terrible things, right? We can become either great or the, that's our choice. That's our, our gift that God gave us is that we can choose what we want to do with it. When we wake up every morning, the first thing we want to be thankful is thank you for giving me another day. And you know what's amazing is that at the end of that little, little passage that we say, we say two words, Rabbah. And most people translate it as um, great is your trustworthiness that you took our soul at night and you give it back to us in the morning. Right? Wow, you're trusted that you can give it back to us. But our sages translate it differently. They say, Rabbi Munatecha is God believes in us so greatly that he wants us, he says, I know that you could do it. I'm going to give you another day. Because I know that you could do it. I believe in you. I believe you're capable of greatness. Here, I'm giving you another day. I want you to make it great. And I'm going to give you another day tomorrow. I want you to make it great. I want, because I believe you. I'm your investor. God is our greatest investor. He says, I believe, I believe in your capabilities. I know what you're capable of doing. Go get them. I'm giving you another day. I believe in you. Imagine every day if we realize that someone, even as parents, if we said that to our children, I believe in you. You could do it. Make it a great day. It'll, it'll change our kids' lives. Right? And that's what God tells us every day. I believe in you by giving us our soul every morning, fresh, clean. Ah. Right? And then you get coffee. Whew. Right? What a gift that is. Right? And I always say, you know something? Is anybody here who doesn't love coffee? I mean, who doesn't love coffee? You don't love coffee. Well, you like tea. 
Water, okay. Okay. But if you do love coffee, I want, I want you to make your coffee special this week, okay? You prepare your coffee, you buy your coffee, that's great. Before you take your sip of coffee, I want you to do me a favor. Take five seconds. Five seconds. You can count it, okay? And just take the coffee and smell it. Ah. Okay, that's it. It's five seconds. And say, thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you for that coffee. Ah. Now I can enjoy my coffee. It's like a whole different experience, right? You see, the problem is, is that we, oh, we, we get our coffee, we're grabbing our bags, we're running out of the house, we're like we get, getting the stuff, putting it in, we get it to the car, we don't even, we, we're thinking, oh, my, my meeting, am I going to be on time? It's like, it's, it's all that chaos. When it could be like, wow, I have this coffee, I have another opportunity, God believes in me, it's like a whole other day. It's a, it's a whole different experience, right? And it can change our entire life from being a life of just like I'm living, I'm existing versus I'm living every moment to its fullest. That's right. That's right. You know, wh when I was in, in yeshiva in, in Jerusalem, so we lived uh, three blocks away. The yeshiva was three blocks away from Angel Bakery, right? In in uh, and you'd wake up in the morning and that smell of the bread. I mean, you'd smell it. It was, it was just amazing that smell. But you know, it's what what. Here's the danger of it. The danger of it is that it becomes a habit and you don't appreciate it anymore. And that's the danger, is that if it becomes too routine for you and you don't stop to appreciate it every single day then it's just a matter of time and it just becomes a normal thing. It's like, and then you have someone visiting, they're like, oh, that smell is delicious. Where is it coming from? You're like, oh, it's from the bakery, whatever. It's like, yeah, we're used to it. They're like, no, don't, you don't want to become just a person of habit. We want to be a person who's living and maximizing every single moment to its fullest. Right? Appreciation, appreciation is a trait that draws people closer. When we recognize that someone does something for us, we will in turn have a sense of love for them. And this ha happens with active appreciation. You know, it's a very interesting thing. The Talmud says that if you give a child something, you give a child a candy, right? You should inform the parents that you gave it to the child. I'll give you another example. You're walking into synagogue, right? You're walking, coming to the class here this morning, and you notice that one of the cars you're passing by, you see that their light is open in their car. So you do what most decent human beings will do, and you just push your waist into the car, right? Close the door for them, and now the light goes off. And then you notice, one second, that's my friend's car, right? So you go in and you say, hey, Jay, you know, I, I saw your car, the door wasn't closed all the way, I just pushed it closed, right? And the Talmud says you should tell the person that you did them that favor. Why? Why? Don't we like to do things with modesty? No one needs to know what I do, right? It should be because by you going out of your way doing something special for someone else and they now know about it, it will only add love in the world. Like, wow, you cared enough about me that you closed the door for me. You cared enough about my child, you gave them a candy, right? Right? Y you know, you have the candy man in synagogue, right? There's a can candy man in, there should be a candy man in all synagogues, right? Again, you have to be careful, you have to be cautious, there's no question, right? Especially in our generation, you have some crazy people, you have some crazy things. But still, there's, wow, you cared enough about my child that you, you did something special, right? We should, we, should under, we should recognize that because the more we do for other people and the more people appreciate, the more love there is among, other, uh, uh, among each other. And that is one of the, one of the great ways of living life is living with that love, right? So if you do something special for your spouse, you do something special for your children, right? You can let them know. Let them feel a sense of gratitude or a sense of appreciation. And if our children don't know what it means to be grateful, we have to teach them. We have to teach them what it means to be grateful, right? It's very interesting. We, s we will see later that this is also part of the uh, trait of kindness, of chesed, right? When we do an act of kindness... We do an act of kindness for someone else, right? That brings about this, the return. Now, we don't do it for it, 
but it should be the natural return of the gratitude that comes, w- comes with that act of kindness. So you go out of your way, you do something for someone, and they in turn show their sign of gratitude. That, that's where, again, love grows from that. Right, so we, we're going to stop here, running a little over. And last time they got a little frustrated with us that we ran overtime. So um, we're going to end here. I want to thank you so much for joining us. And you can find this podcast. This is all on a podcast. It's we changed the name. It's called the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. You can find it on iTunes, on Apple, on Google ca- Google Podcasts, and all the other. It's called the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. Thank you so much for coming, and thank you so much for listening. <laughs>